Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome everybody to the No Huddle Podcast with Mike and Sam. I'm Mike. Sam will be joining me in just a few moments here. We got a jam-packed show today uh, discussing um, college football realignment, the Olympics, um, a lot of fun stuff to cover today. Um, But uh, first off, you know, I just wanted to uh, tell you a little bit about us. Um, We've been diehard sports fans uh, for many years, Um, you know, and we're just an average Joe show. I want to give you our take on things without being the the talking heads on ESPN and the same old regurgitated stuff that you see uh, all the time. And, uh, you know, this is our very first episode, and as we go along with this thing, we hope to be bringing uh, more and more to you, more guests, more segments, uh, different – different ideas and so uh we're excited to get this started with you and i'm excited to be uh to be hosting this today uh so let's uh let's start it off now with the the sec pulling a uh nwo new world order takeover of college football here and uh they are approaching oklahoma and texas to uh to come be members of the sec uh word is also um, that they are inter- that they have reached out to Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, and Florida State as well for membership, uh, but none of that looks solid at this time. But Oklahoma and Texas did renounce their rights uh, after the TV deal expires in 2025, uh, so it does look like they will be uh, joining uh, the SEC uh, imminently. Uh, and so that's something I want to talk about is, you know, everything um, in college football seems to be changing. We have the NIL. Uh, we have now these possible super conferences. Uh, and the landscape of things is going to look drastically different uh, for college football. Uh, if you're Oklahoma and Texas, is joining the SEC really the best thing for you guys? Uh, and I say that because right now, Playing in the Big 12, it's, you're the two top dogs. And Texas has been down for a couple of years. They haven't been what they were for, you know, several years now. But but it's a powerhouse program, and they, they just need some, uh, you know, hopefully Sarkeesian's the right guy. Uh, but playing in that conference, who, who else was going to really step up and challenge those two programs for a conference title? Iowa State, okay, maybe they're good until Matt Campbell leaves. Okay, Kansas State, Bill Snyder's gone, you know. Um, Kansas is trash unless it's basketball season. Oh, West Virginia hasn't been good since Rich Rodriguez left. Um, Texas Tech hasn't done anything since Mike Leach left. So, you know, I, you, maybe you have an Oklahoma State, but they seem to be good for three to four losses every year. So now you go to the SEC if you're Oklahoma and Texas, and depending on how they shake out the division – you know, you're possibly looking at playing, you know, LSU, Texas A&M, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, Florida, uh, you know, Ole Miss. Uh, you know, the worst teams in the SEC, Vanderbilt, at this time right now, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, Arkansas, you know, probably won't be that bad for long. And I guarantee you they're more competitive in football and a tougher game 
than than say Kansas and um, West Virginia right now. Uh, I'm sorry to any Kansas and West Virginia fans out there, but your teams are garbage. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if it makes sense for Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma hasn't even been able to get past an SEC team in the first round of the college football playoff. So, you know, they, they've gotten smoked by Alabama. They've lost to Georgia. Um, I just, uh, To me, I don't think it's smart um, at all. Um, please, if you guys want to – chime into this or add your thoughts, uh, you can call in at 563-999-3761. I'd love to hear everybody's thoughts on on the college football realignment. Um, so, you know, there is, there's some more talk now that there's more steam gathering that the Big Ten could look to add to its footprint, uh, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Colorado, and kind of pillage the Pac-12. I, and I don't know what it does for that conference. Um, I don't know if we're going to go to basically what amounts to three super conferences uh, with the SEC, the Big Ten, and, and the ACC, and you know, call it a day. Um, I I don't really like the idea of having these three super conferences. Um, college football to me has always been somewhat regional, and you have the teams within your 500 mile radius that you play. Then you have the bowl games, and, and now they're talking about college football expansion, and it's going to go from four teams, all of a sudden going from four, well, which seems like a, a fairly drastic jump, um, you know. And then what's next? Some coaches have said, why not go to 32 teams? Is this going to become like the NCAA basketball tournament? Uh, realistically, there's not in a year 12 teams that are good enough to win the national title. There's just not. In basketball, it's different. In college basketball, with conferences and, and, you know, you play so many games, there could be four teams from one conference that could win the national title. We've seen that before with the ACC. We've seen really strong teams, um, you know, from the big – where you've had in a year Wisconsin, uh, Michigan State, Illinois – um, you know, in Michigan, all be really top four-seeded teams. Uh, you see it with the ACC, with North Carolina and Duke and um, uh, Syracuse and other teams. So in basketball, it's a little bit different. In college football, it's been like this since I can remember, is there's always, for a period of time, four to six teams that are a threat to win the national title every year. And there's peaks and valleys. But, you know, in the 90s, in the early 90s, it was Miami, it was Florida State, and Notre Dame, and then you had Nebraska, too, and it was the same teams. And then, like, from about 1995 on, it was Florida, Florida State, Nebraska, and and Tennessee here and there. But every year you saw Nebraska playing either Miami or Florida State or Florida in the national title game or some variation of those schools. And right now it's no different. Right now we're at Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, with Oklahoma sprinkled in there. You could say Notre Dame, but every chance Notre Dame's had to shine, they've gotten walloped. Uh, But for argument's sake, let's throw Notre Dame into that mix. You're going to tell me there's 12 teams that can compete for the national title right now. I don't buy it. 
I just, I honestly, I don't see it. So I think making the jump to eight would be okay if things were staying the same. If we were going to go, if you were going to say, okay, we will do eight teams. Uh, we're going to take the five power conference winners, and then we're going to take three at large. That, to me, will take the top group of five school and, and basically what amounts to two wild card teams. To me, that's fair. But if you're, you know, if we're looking here at the college football playoff rankings, the final rankings last year, here are your top 12 schools. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Florida, who had – Florida was number seven. They had three losses, mind you, three losses. Cincinnati, Georgia, Iowa State, Indiana, and Coastal Carolina. Okay? Now, let's say if we're doing the 12 teams, I don't know if they're going to let more than one group of five school in there. I don't know how it's going to shake out. But then let's say you eliminate Coastal Carolina, then you throw in North Carolina at 8-3 and three, Northwestern at 6-2. and two. Honestly, once you get past Texas A&M, and, even, and Oklahoma came on late in the year. Uh, they struggled early out of the gate, but they came on late. The only under, And even like Cincinnati, who's a very good football team, you put Cincinnati, I'm sorry, against Alabama or Clemson, they're not upsetting those schools. They're just not. And – I know upsets happen. I know we saw Appalachian State upset in Michigan. I know we've seen those things happen. But we're talking that's different. That's a regular season game where Michigan probably took that team lightly. And we've seen upsets in bowl games when you've seen some of these smaller schools like Boise State upset Oklahoma. Bowl games are different because bowl game is who is most motivated to be there. If we're talking about a national title game, a national title playoff system where everything's on the line and it's one and done, everybody there is going to be motivated to play. Everybody's going to show up. We're not talking about some bowl game that maybe that team had aspirations of playing in the playoff and now they're relegated to the Peach Bowl and them not really being motivated to play that game. This, every, the top teams would be very motivated to win in advance. And this isn't like college basketball. Okay, once again, college basketball, you see upsets in the tournament. Why? Because you have a team like, let's say, Kentucky, who has a bunch of freshmen and one-and-done players who haven't really gelled together, going up against maybe a team like Belmont, who has three seniors start in the starting lineup and, and a junior, and they've been playing together for a couple of years now. So in, in college football, you know, you don't have guys that leave after one year. All these guys mature, they grow together, they, they, they get better, and then you sprinkle in some talented freshmen. So I I don't think a 12-team playoff will be good for viewership and money, sure. But uh, as far as getting to a champion and seeing some upsets, we're not. We're going to go through the first couple rounds of 12 teams, and we're going to get to a final four that likely would have been the four teams that would have been selected anyways in the original format. So the college football expansion, you know, and then if we go to these super conferences, the SEC, if the SEC, forget about adding Ohio State and Clemson and all these schools, if they just add Oklahoma and Texas, is there any chance a team's coming out of there undefeated? Alabama 
struggles to go undefeated now. And, and you know, they've won national titles with one loss. We've just seen it. But there's no chance anybody's coming out of coming out of there with just one with no losses. Maybe even not with one loss. If 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 Alabama has to run a gauntlet, LSU, Auburn, Oklahoma, Texas A and M, you know, Tennessee, Florida, there's I I just don't see and plus then the SEC championship game. I just don't see it happening. It very well could. Uh but um yeah, I, I just I don't know. I think college football is in a lot of trouble. Um I, I don't think it's gonna be good for the sport in the long run. Um, so that's my two cents on it. Um, Sam, if he was here right now, yeah, he's on his way in. Um, he hit some traffic, uh, so he will be joining me in the studio shortly. But I, I think he would agree with me that the uh, um, this kind of new world order of college football is, is going to lose a lot of fans. Uh, because it's going to be nothing like what we've kind of grown up watching over the past 20-some-odd years. So uh, speaking of an expanded tournament, uh, one of the very big things that we kind of wanted to cover on this show, and I'll wait for Sam to join me because he's a diehard WWE fan, but uh, I'll kind of give you a breakdown. We were thinking about this college football playoff, and what if WWE could – throw together a time machine and say, we're going to put together the ultimate king of the ring, and we're going to give you the 12 greatest superstars in history who would come out on top. So we will be covering that in just a moment. Uh, As soon as Sam is able to join me, we'll be discussing that. Uh, But uh, one thing I wanted to uh, segue into while we are waiting for Sam to join us is I wanted to talk about uh, the Olympics. And uh, this is kind of old news, and since this is our first episode, I uh, I do apologize uh, that this has kind of been rehashed and recycled. But I wanted to talk about Shikari Richardson, the Olympic sprinter who basically was uh, banned from competing for marijuana use. And yet somehow we have a fencer who was accused of uh, – sexual misconduct, uh, Alan Hadzik of New Jersey, um, um, he was selected as an alternate, um, and he's been accused of sexual misconduct. So you are telling me that uh, a male that's, that has a history of sexual misconduct is allowed to be an alternate uh, for the Olympic team, and, but he's not allowed to stay in the Olympic Village. But the fact that he has a history of sexual misconduct um, is nothing. Uh, that That is just a little tiny fraction, um, small blip compared to smoking marijuana. Uh, I, I'm sorry, but smoking marijuana, and Sam would be more of an expert on this than me, but smoking marijuana does not make you a better athlete. It doesn't make you a better athlete. It doesn't make you run faster. It's not steroids. Um, I don't know if you guys know the whole story about Shikari Richardson, but apparently a reporter had broken some unfortunate news to her. And um, I, I believe, uh, and, you know, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but I believe she had found out that her mother had just passed. And so she was smoking weed to kind of deal with some of those emotions. I don't have a problem with this. Marijuana is legal 
in pretty much every state now. We have um, just, we have places that that you can go legally for medicinal purposes. Uh, I don't uh, I don't see why this is such a big deal uh, in the eyes of the Olympic Committee. Uh, smoking weed is about the last thing that we should really concern ourselves with. Um, I, I just, um, you know, I'm going to put it on a poll later. Um, we'll put that out there um, at uh, No Huddle Show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Um, we'll put up on the poll that whether uh, does smoking marijuana make you a better athlete. Um, so I'm interested to see, you know, what uh, what that shows. But I guarantee you, unless there's some jabronis out there who are having a little bit of fun and want to be a troll, and, and it's like, yes, it makes me a better athlete. Um, but, you know, I, I would say the overwhelming response would definitely be that, no, it doesn't make you a better athlete. So, um, you know, but uh, that, that that was just something that I um, – I was not fond of that you that they send it's sending the wrong message that um, Shikari Richardson who smokes weed and is also African American can't compete in the Olympics, but we have a white fencer who is accused of sexual misconduct. He's allowed. Oh, and by the way, Michael Phelps smoked weed too. I didn't see them taking away his gold medals or not allowing him to compete. So. You know, and then you hear the story. Um, there's been stories about how much Team USA basketball smokes weed and how much Kevin Durant smokes weed. Um, you know, and would would the Olympics be ballsy enough to say, no, Kevin Durant or some of these Team USA basketball players who are huge names, no, you're not allowed to compete? Because I think that's bad for business, but no one cares about the track star, uh, you know, that, that people only hear of every couple of years. Um, no one cares if we take away her dreams that she's worked uh, so hard for. So um, I, I think this is something that the Olympic needs to soften its stance on um, and not really be testing or worried about marijuana use because it's not giving these athletes an advantage. Um, by the way, I mean, speaking of being uptight, I don't know if you saw in the Olympic Village the uh, the beds these athletes are forced to sleep on. But they're basically made of um, cardboard that only support the weight of one athlete. Uh, apparently, Tokyo does not want the athletes getting freaky with each other in the Olympic Village. I don't really understand the point of this. Uh, you know, you got uh, you got great-looking guys and girls over there, all in tip-top shape. Um, you know, they're stuck there for several weeks. A lot of them are probably single. I, why, why can't they have some fun? I, who cares? Who cares if the athletes are getting it on? And I, I, you know, that might slow down performance. You know, if you got, you know, you know, athletes, you know, up all night smashing each other. You know, that that can hurt performance. But um, you know, let them have some fun. I, I think the cardboard beds are going just a smidgen too far. Um, but uh, I don't know. You know, the Olympics is like one of those things where. Every four years, you know, we get passionate about swimming and diving and other sports that we don't watch, you know, the other, you know, 12 months out of the year. So, uh, but, I, you know, I found myself the other day 
watching women's synchronized diving. And it's a sentence I never thought that I'd say. But I was watching women's synchronized diving, and I couldn't believe just, like, the skill and the talent it took to uh, to do these dives. Side, you know, in synchronized diving, they have to jump at the same time, and they have to be perfectly in sync and do the exact same move while side by side. And I was mesmerized by it. I got super into women's synchronized diving. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I was rooting um, for, you know, the, the different divers. I just thought it was fantastic. So I don't, I don't know what you guys think the best Olympic sport to watch. Uh, you can call in at uh, 563-999-3761. You know, obviously summer is different than, Olymp- than the winter Olympics. Uh, you know, the summer Olympic games are your more traditional sports like track and field, swimming, basketball, you know, whatnot. The winter Olympics have, you know, the bobsled uh skiing and snowboarding uh and speed skating uh all those things but uh i have to tell you um i think at the top of my list right now of, of events to watch and i you know obviously the men's basketball um is something uh to kind of uh behold because i i think that's uh one thing that's uh um you know always been entertaining um but uh, you know some of these other non these sports that are not as popular, um, you know, uh, that don't have quite the following, um, you know, gymnastics, and it's it's wonderful to see Simone Biles just dominate the competition. Uh, But uh, you have um, these, um, you know, these different sports, and it's it's, honestly, it's just, it's something you take a lot of pride uh, watching your country. Um, and, And so, uh, watching the synchronized swimming um, and some of these uh, and, the, and the regular swimming, the women's uh, freestyle, that was awesome. Um, big props uh, to Katie Ledecky. Um, but uh, how did, you know, I wanted to uh, talk about uh, also with speaking of the Olympics, I'm sorry, and uh, that's a terrible segue there. I lost my train of thought as I was speaking. Um, but, is this the most disappointing men's basketball team we've ever put together in the Olympics? I, I, you know, and I'm going to put that on the poll. Is this the most disappointing men's Olympic uh, team for basketball that we've ever put on the floor? Because, you know, you could say 2014 was not very good. Um I, I I don't think it was that they were not very good. I think they just had a lot of cats that were super young. You had a very young Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, and LeBron James. They were all, like, one year in. Uh, Allen Iverson was there. Um, Stephon Marbury, Carlos Boozer, Sean Marion, Tim Duncan. Um, and they got bronze. And that was the, the, the last time that we really struggled in the Olympic Games. But – I could argue that that team was just young and they didn't have a lot of outside shooting. If you look at Allen Iverson and Stephon Marbury, they were more one-on-one playground-style players. You know, Carmelo, LeBron, and D-Wade were super young. Sean Marion was not a great shooter. He was more inside guy. Amari Stoudemire was an inside guy. Tim Dunk was an inside guy. Richard Jefferson, Emeka Okafor – so that team was also, I feel, poorly constructed. And if you go to our team now, 
and you look at the team, and then we've had, had some guys that didn't make it due to COVID, uh, but you got, you know, Kevin Durant, you got Devin Booker, you got Drew Holiday, Zach Levine, Damian Lillard. So you have the outside shooting, but where's the size? Where's the inside presence? If you're going to tell me that Bam Adebayo, Jeremy Grant, Draymond Green, and Keldon Johnson, and JaVale McGee are our top interior presences, it's not, you know, it's not a good thing. And, and Kevin Durant cannot carry this team. He's incapable of carrying this team, I believe. And I think we're seeing a lot of his leadership. Um, to me, Kevin Durant is a, is a world-class basketball player. He's always been one of the top guys. I don't think he is capable of leading a team to a championship. You know, you can sit there and say, oh, well, he got two rings in Golden State. Yeah, he got two rings in Golden State. That was Steph Curry's team. He left Oklahoma City to go to a team that had already won a championship, mind you, and was coming off 73-win season. The LeBron, they blew a 3-1 series lead to lose to LeBron. And I'm sorry, I it was a great comeback by LeBron. I, I still feel more that the Warriors lost that series more than the Cleveland Cavaliers won it. But I digress. Durant is the leader of this team, and I don't think he has leadership qualities. From him calling out Bam Adebayo about shoot-around etiquette or some of the other things he said in the media – we all know Kevin Durant has thin skin. He had a fake Twitter handle for crying out loud uh, that he got busted on. Uh, he has a very thin skin, Kevin Durant. He, he's not someone that is, you know, can take heat. And um, you know, I just, I don't, uh, I don't think he's the right guy to lead. And not having some veterans on there like LeBron James, like Steph Curry. Uh, like a few others, is it's hurting. It's hurting this team. And so, you know, we'll see if uh, uh, we'll see if Durant can kind of shake things off next year. I, I know the Nets had a lot of injuries, um, but we saw Giannis, you know, lead the team to a championship, homegrown. Um, and so, I have to call in the question with Team USA's performance. I have to call in the question Kevin Durant's uh, ability to be the best player and lead the team. I also got to start calling in the question Greg Greg Popovich's ability to coach now. Um, We've seen for a while the Spurs have not been a very good team for about four years now. You can say they don't have the talent there. That's all well and good. That's uh, you can say that. That's fine. But I. I don't see it. I don't think – I think Popovich, he's gotten older. I don't think he's the same coach that he was. Um, and, you know, I have to wonder if he's the right guy to lead Team USA going forward. We might need a younger coach that can get the most out of guys. Uh, we might need someone like a like a Ty Lue uh, to, to kind of step into that role, or there might be some other guys um, that, you know, Mike Budenholzer might be the right guy to lead it. But if you look at Greg Popovich's head coaching, you know, the last couple of years, uh, starting back in the 2017-2018 season, they were 47-35. They lost in the first round. 
Then they were 48-34 the following year. They lost in the first round. They missed the playoffs last year. They missed the playoffs this year. 32-39, 33-39. So almost the exact duplicate records of one another. And, you know, the last time they were in a conference finals was 2016-2017. And the last time they made the NBA finals was 2013-2014. So it's been a while. And he hasn't done been able to do anything since Kawhi Leonard left. And since Tim Duncan and all those guys retired, um, you can put some of that onus on on the front office. But if you look at the San Antonio Spurs in 2017-2018 coming off a loss in the conference finals, they signed LaMarcus Aldridge. They had they got Pau Gasol, Rudy Gay. They still had Monte Ginobili, who was old. I'll grant you that. Uh, Danny Green, and and Kawhi Leonard, that was the year he sat out the whole year, basically saying he, he just wasn't ready to go. And they saw Tony Parker um, go along with Patty Mills, Deontay Murray, and Derek White. Um, and this this team still got bounced in the first round. So I, I think Team USA is suffering from a lot of different things, but I think having Kevin Durant as your best player and Greg Popovich – as is your coach, I think he's lost a step, and I think Team USA is, is going to have a disappointing Olympics. Uh, I want to welcome uh, here uh, my partner here, Sam. Uh, he was uh, running a little bit late today. Uh, That's me late, as you call it. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was. Uh, you know, he had to get his mind right. So uh, we just had to let him let him do his thing. You know, that's why you pay him the big bucks. <laughs> I sit here and I just jabber jaw and waste your time. And he, he gets to sit in the green room, you know, just uh, doing Wait his thing. Wait for peak hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, now, now the show can start. So now uh, that we've gotten through all the terrible stuff. But we talked about couch football. We talked about Olympics. We were talking about dream team and how terrible the USA men's basketball team is. And then Shikari Richardson uh, having to miss the Olympics uh, for testing positive for smoking weed. So that was one thing. I didn't have you here. We put it up on the poll. I can ask you personally, does smoking weed make you a better athlete? Oh, absolutely, it does. No, no, you, no it doesn't. Yeah, it, it relaxes you so you can perform better, right? I think, I think no, you know, smoking weed uh, made you a better athlete. I'd be Michael Jordan, okay? Okay? So I, I, I don't so, so, think. So I had to go, I had to go the, the exact route that, uh, you were expecting. Yes, thank you, Bayless. No, no, I absolutely do not believe that that uh, smoking weed enhances you by any means. In the same notion that like steroids and like other you know other drugs are pretty much taken. You know, it doesn't give you an advantage. If anything, it makes you slower. So yeah. uh, if I were her. I would uh, in her sport. She has to run, right? So yeah. uh, maybe not smoke some weed. I don't maybe, know. Maybe not. But you know, hey, <clears throat> maybe it just releases all the anxiety. Who no, knows? I have to. Yeah. I, I I completely agree with it with the statement. Yeah. So, you know, she's been through a lot the last yeah. couple of weeks, months. You know, she's been through quite a bit. So I I definitely don't think that she should have been banned from from no, the Olympics. At all. Not at all. That's my stance you know, on that. But um, going back to uh, a quick thought. Um, um, you uh, you were mentioning something about the, uh, the men's basketball team. I was. So I it's was. so interesting that you say that because I just saw a tweet from Magic saying that the one player that the USA team is is uh, missing right now is LeBron James. Yeah. So what's your take on that? No, I agree because with LeBron, a LeBron can be unselfish. 
we all know this, right? Uh, LeBron's willing to make the correct basketball play. Um, even if he's open for a shot, if someone else has a better-looking shot, he's going to pass the ball off. Uh, he also has a lot of leadership. He uh, has played in the Olympics many times before. Um, I think LeBron has shown in his NBA career that he can carry mediocre talent to great places. Correct. Maybe not win a championship, but he can get them to the promised land. Correct. Right? Correct. So, so I think not having LeBron on this team to kind of set the tone. Like, who is the point guard? on this team that sets the offense up. So what this team is missing, it's missing it's missing a playmaker and it's missing an inside presence. So your to your point right there, didn't Drew Holiday just join the, the, the team? He did, but Drew Holiday is a true point guard in a sense? No, no, not like a Chris Paul. Okay. Okay. Or not like a uh, someone that can set the table for you, right? Uh, Drew Holiday is more of a scoring combo guard. Um, and then you got Devin Booker there, Correct. who's also Pure a scorer. scoring combo guard. Uh, you know, and I see a lot of ISO heavy ball. You know, with these, with these it guys. is. But that's exactly that's exactly uh, the way it is. You know, you look at this um, the Olympic team, and as we said, it's, it's poorly constructed. And there's you know, part of it is um, that a lot of guys were injured, right? Correct. There's no James Harden. Correct. There's no Clay Thompson. Uh, there's no Steph uh, opted out. Right? Steph opted out. So a lot of these guys are Jimmy Butler opted out. Correct. But so you have Damian Lillard who's a point guard. Okay. But Damian Lillard. I mean, he's a scoring guard. guard. He's a score. Score first. Score first. Right. Right. So then your other guard, Zach Levine, he's not a point guard. Uh, Drew Holiday, as we said, not a point guard. Uh, Devin Booker, also not a point guard. So. You have no one setting the time. You have nobody to bring the ball up to, to, to play. And LeBron James in that aspect could be point forward. Correct. You know, but we don't have that. We don't have that. You don't have Chris Paul. Correct. Uh, even Steph Curry, to an extent, oh, absolutely. can show that he can facilitate the offense. Now, he's thought of more as a shooter. Right. But well, on this team, he could definitely be a facilitator. He could be a facilitator. Absolutely. And, hell, even James Harden could be a facilitator. Correct. But you're you're missing that that's one big thing that you're missing, and you're also missing um, you're missing that inside presence. Correct. And so that would you take would you drop your your uh, Javale McGee and maybe uh, take a look at like a Jason uh, uh, Julius Randall rather, and uh, or possibly another another hard hitter down low maybe you know. But I, I would think score, so. As well as kind of I I, I would have taken uh, Brooke Lopez. Oh, okay. I would have taken Brooke Lopez on it. You know, I, I get it. a great stretch. He's a great stretch. He can play. But you also saw in that series, and they didn't have Giannis. Yeah. He played down low. Correct. And he could, he banged on the block. Right. So he can do that if needed be. Right. You got JaVale McGee, who's best known for getting made fun of by Shaq on Shaq and the Fool. Correct. On the U.S. Men's Olympic team. The sad state of affairs. That, that should be an episode of Shaq. Yeah, just the Olympic basketball, just all of his highlights. Just any of his highlights. Any of his highlights. It's just <laughs> terrible. JaVale McGee, you know, granted, I'm not an NBA player. JaVale McGee is ten times the basketball player that I'll ever be. But regardless, I we just we selected a bad team, in my opinion. Uh, so one thing I wanted to wait for you on, because I know you're a huge WWE fan. Absolutely. You know, just this guy is on all the pay-per-views. Absolutely. So – if we constructed an all-time King of the Ring, 12 wrestlers, first we have to figure out who would those 12 wrestlers be okay. and who's taking home 
the title of King of the Ring. Okay. Because I already have my pick, who I think would beat all the competition in it. Okay. Okay. So uh, I'm not going to go ahead and, and ruin it and say what's your pick. So sure. how, how about we, uh, you know, let's start with the first first six, you know. Okay. You know, first six. First so, one, so you, how about you pick somebody and then okay. I'll say a name and then we'll, we'll each have six okay. wrestlers in the fold. Okay. All right. All right. So I, I will go with my favorite wrestler, uh, Undertaker. Okay. So, okay. Undertaker, because longevity, he's been around, he's done it all. Yeah. He's, he just lost. You know, he shouldn't have lost, but he lost. Yeah. Right? Twice. Yeah. Yeah. Nonetheless, yeah. twice. Yeah. <laughs> but my favorite wrestler, my favorite wrestler to, to play in a video game with yeah. as well, Undertaker. Okay. Yeah. Undertaker. I, I was agree. legit afraid of the guy when I was growing oh, up. When I thought, when, I was, when it was real, I thought yeah. he popped out of the grave, and that's where he lived, and that's where he slept. Oh, I know. And, and then his eyes looked like that, Correct. and he yeah. just kind of rose up uh, with the urn from Paul Barry. Yeah, he's terrifying. Correct. Terrifying. Correct. My guy, he's not, well, not my favorite of all time. I think he's one of the most exciting. Shawn Michaels, the showstopper. Got to Got to give it to him. Uh, he's, there, he's up there. He's he up there. he carried everything. He's he's been intercontinental intercontinental champion, European champion, uh, world champion. Uh, the guy put on classics in the ring, and he it, while even though he was a smaller guy, also a little bit of a high flyer, right? Yeah, a little say? bit of a high flyer. Yeah. Uh, but even on the smaller end, he was battling guys like Way Stone Cold and, and the Undertaker Way and Mick Foley. Right. So so to me, okay. he's a, he's pound for pound one of the best of all. Time. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely throw him. In the mix, for sure, for sure. So I'm going to go uh, with, like, a, a WCW favorite. So okay. um, I love, I again, uh, one of my favorite wrestlers. I love Sting. So, I mean, okay. I, I have to throw Sting in the mix only because he was a very technical wrestler. Crow Sting or Blonde Bomber Sting? Um, so Crow Sting. Okay. Crow's okay. I still liked Blonde Bomber Sting because he was trying to make a name for himself at that yeah. point. But Crow's thing is the one that really caught everyone's attention, yeah. and that was the thing. That was the version of thing that everyone wanted to see. Yeah, the one that came down all through the rafters, yeah. hanging yeah. Yeah. in the bat, bat. exactly yeah. Yeah. the bat. So again, very technical wrestler. You know, um, maybe good. I would say good mic, yeah. mic work, decent mic work, not bad. Yeah, could have could have said more. Maybe more facial expression, but uh, my second pick is. Good old Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Gonna drink some Stevie Weisers. And the guy could cut a promo. Yeah. Entertain more of a brawler style. Yeah. Some of his matches weren't all that entertaining sometimes, uh, because I feel like so a lot of it would be fifteen minutes down on the ring on the floor, just punching somebody, right? You know, he had that brawling style. Correct. But no one boxing, all that. Exactly. Yeah. But nobody should there's very few wrestlers uh, outside of, of uh, maybe two or three others that gave you that box office feel for a main event. Correct. When Stone Cold was the main event, it didn't matter if he was fighting The Rock, Triple H, whoever. It had a big fight feel yep. that everyone wanted to see. That everybody wanted to see. And, and you don't see that as much today in today's wrestlers in this new generation. There's not that feeling of, I got to tune in. I got to see this guy. Yeah. I, and it, because there was always a possibility that he's going to get screwed over by Vince McMahon Correct. or that angle to it. So for me in this tournament, uh, my number two pick is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. So I'm going to follow up your number. I love the pick. Again, yeah. Attitude Era. Yeah. I watched all Attitude Era, right? So Stone Cold kind of built that, yeah. right? Um, I have to go with The Rock. 
Okay. Yeah. The most uh, electrifying. The most name. electrifying. <laughs> man, you know. I, I, again, a very good entertainer. Yeah. <clears throat> Just a, a brilliant entertainer. He made you feel. He made you think. Um, whatever he was doing yeah. was actually what it was supposed to be. So, yeah. uh, again, not much of a high flyer. No, not much of know, a high flyer. Not much of a technical wrestler either. He yeah. kind of just, he knew how to work the crowd, though. Oh, he, he did. He knew how to work And he the knew crowd. all the best insults. The man ended Booker T before yeah, it even started. I agree. He ended Booker T. He ended Billy Gunn's push. I don't I know agree. if you remember the classic promo, uh, but it's on all the raw replays. But... He he sits there and he he pretends like he's having a conversation with God and he's like, "Dear God, my name's uh, Billy," and pretend to be Billy Gunn, and you know everybody thinks that I absolutely suck and like just everything that he did in that promo. It ended Billy Gunn's push because nobody could took him, take him seriously after after that. Yeah. Nobody could take him seriously. Yeah. As a even even if the organization wanted him yeah. to take it seriously, the crowd the crowd just, just couldn't do it. Yeah, so they didn't see him in the same light. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'll have to go with The Rock okay. with my third pick. I think we got a strong field so far. Yeah, I'd say it's a good field. My third pick is Hulk Hogan. Okay. The the the, king, the guy who started the popularity for, for wrestling. And then he also gave us this key. Oh, your prayers and eat your vitamins right. and all, all that. of a sudden comes in black. And all black. Exactly. And yeah. and he's doing dirty things. Right. And you know he's hanging around with like the, the thugs, exactly. the goons of the, the rest of the Yeah. So. And so it was a big, big shift in thinking. But Hulk Hogan could headline pay, that's the that's the other guy besides the Stone, Stone Cold. Hulk Hogan was the guy that truly gave you a main event Right. Okay. That that match, WrestleMania three against Under the Giant, that had a big price fight. That felt like Tyson versus Lennox Lewis right. or Ali versus Frazier. Right. That felt like that. Or uh, you know, that was I remember the, the child. Yeah, as a child, my hair stood up just thinking about that. So to me, Hulk Hogan, uh, not the most technical wrestler. His matches weren't all that long. It was a lot of the same thing. He had his three moves of doom, which, you know, wags his finger, and then he stops your punch. He's going to punch you. You're going to body slam you, then leg drop time, and it's over. Cast the three. So, but he had that thing about him that he was just extremely marketable. So Hulk Hogan is my third choice. Third choice, Hulk Hogan. So who do I have so far? Who do I pick? So you have The Undertaker, you have The Rock, and you have Sting. All right, cool. So with my fourth pick, I will have to go with uh, Ultimate Warrior, man. Wow. I'm shocked by that one. I'm a little shocked by Ultimate Warrior because his career was short, and he didn't have a lot of memorable matches. Yeah, I mean, to me, he's like uh, like a like a bastard child of, like, Barry Sanders' version of, like, the WWE. Yeah. He had a lot of ability to be, like, you know, phenomenal. But the era that he was in, the time that he was in, he didn't actually do well against the other wrestlers during that time. So I just loved his energy, man. He would go absolutely absolutely bonkers. 
It would go completely bonkers. You see how excited he gets, guys. You see he's passionate about But there's nothing quite like hearing that guitar riff. That dun, 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 and then you see this maniac running down the, yeah, yeah. And then, then doing the thing on the, yeah, it was just crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was, yeah. and see, I don't really like the pick, but I like the pick because it's, again, a childhood type of thing, you know. I'm going to go with a little bit of sentiment here, man. Yeah. pick. You know, I I would say uh, there's definitely better choices out there, but you know, yeah. I'm gonna stick with this. I'm gonna stick with it. My my fourth choice is Mr. Styling and Profiling, Ric Flair, the seventeen woo, seventeen time champion. He probably has seventeen kids that he doesn't know about, <laughs> but she was the epitome of pro wrestling, man. And I remember when he came over to WWF initially in 1992, he was supposed to have this big program with Hulk Hogan, and that was a dream match. Hogan, the best of Flair, best of both worlds. And Hogan didn't want to fight Flair. So what we got at WrestleMania 8, we didn't get the main event we all wanted to see. We got a double main event, and we got Ric Flair versus Macho Man Randy Savage, and we got Hulk Hogan Ooh, versus yeah. Sid Justice or Sid Vicious Sid or whatever Vicious. the yeah. hell his name is, yeah, right? Yeah. And that was it. Right. And then Flair left shortly after that, taking the WWE title back to WCW. And so we never got that until Hulk Hogan went over to WCW, and then he became Hollywood Hogan, and we finally saw Flair Hogan. But in 92, Hogan was still at his peak. And Flair was still someone at his peak. Fast forward four years later in 96, 97, when they're fighting, they're, they're slower, slower. A lot slower. They're a lot slower. Because if you remember, in 91, Hogan was coming off a uh, world title reign. Yeah. And then he dropped the title to The Undertaker at Survivor Series in 1991. But then by 1992, you know, he was going to, you know, make a push for champion right. again. He had to have been in his 40s when he did NWO. Yeah, he, he was, was like... He was definitely – he was in his – he was in probably 92, he was in his mid-30s or so, right? Probably mid to, late, mid to late 30s. Yeah. But he still had a little – he still had it in him. Right. Uh, so Ric Flair, though, he had – He mean, lost, I think, more aggression yeah. than, than Hogan's aggression. Yeah. Even yeah. more so. Exactly. And then his body just started, you know, not away. looking. He, right. You know. But to me, uh, Flair is a world-class champion. Absolutely. Um, so he's my fourth pick. He's your fourth pick. All right, cool. <clears throat> with five, I'm going to go with uh, – all right, let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. All right. There's a lot um, of good names. There's a lot of good names. A lot of, lot of stone. Plenty of names yeah. left to be said. Uh, all right, I'm going to go with uh, one of my – again, uh, I, I I don't really like this pick, but okay. he doesn't, the man doesn't get – the, the respect that he deserves. Okay. But I'm going to go with John Cena. Oh, that was going to be one of my guys. So, yeah, yeah he's 16-time champion. There you go. So not, not a lot of people know that. Yeah. Not a lot of people know that because, you know, you see other short-reign, you know, of people yeah. coming in and out. But, but Cena doesn't, does not – he pulled WWE. He pulled wrestling when it didn't have many stars. You know? No. There was a point where Randy Orton was still too young to become a full – Budget star, you know. Yeah, he kind of transitioned the ruthless aggression era to a time where I feel like WWE was struggling uh, until about 2011, which is when you saw CM Punk and yeah, Daniel yeah, Bryan kind of yeah, rise yeah, up. Yeah. But that time from like 2008 to 2011 is like, is like Triple H was 
pretty much transitioned to part-time by then. Yep, yep. Undertaker was part-time. Yep. Batista had left. Yep. There was obviously no rock or stone cold. Yep. And we still had a, a, a pretty big divide of talent talent on SmackDown versus Raw. I, yeah, which and has I, changed over the years a lot. And I believe that A. Guerrero had passed yeah. at some point. Yeah. Um, Brock Lesnar, obviously gone. Uh, so, UFC. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you had Randy Orton. And yet Edge, who had to retire shortly thereafter because of neck issues. You saw Jericho there? Jericho would come and go, so, though. He would come and go. So, Cena really carried the company. Yeah. Uh, angle, though. To me, his stick got old the whole, you know, never give up and I'm going to salute. And, you know, he, he got boring because I also found him hugely entertaining as a doctor of thugonomics. So, that, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Do you like him better as, uh, you know, a hero or a heel? You know? I liked him as a doctor of psychonomics. I thought he was fun in that role. Uh-huh. So, but I, I can't disagree. If that was your fifth pick, correct? I'm saying, okay. So my fifth pick is Bret Hart. Another super technical wrestler. Super technical wrestler. Like, but high flyer, super technical, all the above. He's an yeah, all-rounder. Yeah, all-around. You could do all. He was tag team champion, yep. intercontinental champion. He was fantastic. Yep. He... Uh, yeah, the he, hot pink... Uh, yes. Fucking, yeah, yeah, the, the overall... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he had memorable feuds. He had that great feud with Shawn Michaels that carried WWE when they were struggling to beat WCW in and out. He had great feuds with British Bulldog. He had a great feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, So the man had these legendary, uh, even against uh, Undertaker and Yokozuna. He, Bret Hart, was a fun wrestler to watch. So he is my fifth pick. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go with a very unconventional Okay. A very unconventional. Yeah. My sixth pick is not going to be someone that has a lot of accolades or anything okay. like that. I'm going to go with Mick Foley. Oh, very good, though. Very excellent. Fun to watch. It's fun to watch. I'm going with the fun yeah. to watch team because yeah. there was absolutely nobody that was more fun to watch during that time. Or put on a hardcore match. Oh, yeah. You could – there was – again, so, like, I would say the closest – this new generation has gotten to like Foley yeah. would probably be like the Hardy Boys, you know? Maybe like made that too. They, they were they were maybe the Dudley wild. Wild. Dudley, Dudley Boys, boys Hardy Boys, yeah. both of them. They were both super yeah. violent, but like Foley just brought another like feel of like craziness yeah. to each match. Yeah. Yeah, you never knew what he was gonna do. Right? Never knew. Never knew. Never knew. So that was six. So we that got six. six. So my final six. And there was a guy I just had in my head, and now he's left me. And it was on the tip of my tongue, and now I'm forgetting. But you have guys like Eddie Guerrero. You have yeah, Triple H. You have some great names. But those weren't my main dude on the list. But now I'm drawing a blank. Where's the jar? Did I drop five bucks? In the, the douchebag jar? In yeah. the, in the, in the, oh. That's just for being a douchebag and not knowing your six picks. You know, I don't have my wallet on. I don't have my wallet on. It looks like we're going to have to sign away IOU. I don't think I can do the $5. I don't think I can do $5 right now. All right, fine. Actually, you gave me the thought of it. Great on the mic. Were you going to go Angle by any chance? Who? Angle? No. The guys that I was thinking of came from, like, the Attitude Area Times. But I'm drawing a blank on who I was thinking of. High flyer. Randy Savage was my sixth pick. No, I'm taking it back. Randy Savage was my sixth pick, not Attitude Era, back in the time. Randy Savage. All right. Sorry, guys. Randy Savage. You definitely need to drop another five. I'll, uh, whatever. I don't, it's like I said, uh, can you break 100? That's all I got <laughs> on me. Can you break 100 for the 
jar for the jar. Uh, Randy Savage. You know. Anyway, so that was Savage though. Because, dude, he the man fought memorable match after memorable match. Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania three, Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania seven, retirement match. There was nothing quite like seeing him stand up on the top turnbuckle and put his arms up like this and then go diving with the flying elbow. Uh, he was fantastic to watch. So, and we left off some great ones. Like I said, Triple H, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, CM Punk. There's a lot of guys, but these are our top 12. Yeah. These are 12. So, based on the field right now, I feel that the person that would win this match is Shawn Michaels. He would be the king of the ring. You think so? I, I think Shawn Michaels. I, I think that The Rock doesn't allow that to happen. No. If you smell what The Rock is saying. You know? <laughs> the Rock is always cooking. You understand that, right? Listen, know your role. <laughs> know your role and shut your mouth, okay? <laughs> this is Shawn Michaels easily. Shawn Michaels, away. no, come on, man. You can't just openly just say No, I, I mean, I'm to... openly saying Shawn Michaels. Okay, so okay. Then <laughs> you cannot be a dick as well and, and understand that, that, that Undertaker and The Rock are just as good. I mean, I'm not saying they're not good. But I think Shawn Michaels is winning the match. Yeah, he's walking away well, with the king of the ring. We'll, we'll leave that up for discussion maybe on another day. No, I mean, that's fine. We can leave that up for discussion on another day. But, yeah, that's, so that was our WWE king of the ring, which we spent a, quite a bit of time on. Um, and, you know, we, uh, we had some segments and stuff that we wanted to get to. So we only got about five minutes left. So oh, yeah. the one that I wanted to skip to, um, and, and we'll save some of these other things for – for another day is I wanted to go with um, who has the hotter stable of previous, which Aaron Rodgers or which A-Rod, sorry, has the hottest stable of previous girlfriends. So if, so Alex Rodriguez, uh, uh, here are some of his highlights. Okay. I'm not going to go into their whole dating history. Correct. I'm just going to name the highlights. Okay. Alex Rodriguez is Jennifer Lopez, Tori Wilson, Correct. and Cameron Diaz. Okay. Okay. Aaron Rodgers has Olivia Munn, okay, Danica Patrick, and now Shannon Woodley, okay? To me, I think Corey Wilson and Jennifer Lopez win this Take the cake. Take it, the it has to. It's the, the number one. The cake. Take there's, the cake. There's, no, there's no one else. No, I mean, not. Olivia Munn, fantastic. He's, up, he's definitely up there. But, but come on, primetime J-Lo, like – well, he didn't even get her prime time. Oh no, that no. was recent. That, that A Rod, but still, oh. she was still fantastic. Out, out, Tori Wilson, Tori Wilson, yeah, is uh, is was fantastic. So that is the A Rod. A Rod, A Rod, take the new. I mean, brand new uh, owner of the T Wolves. Yeah, right. I mean, he's still right. a douchebag. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's a king douchebag. He's a king. Douche There's not enough jars for A Rod to donate to. For our douchebag jar, absolutely, no. absolutely. There's absolutely. just, there's just not. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't forgive the fact that you know he openly just juiced all the time. All the time. All the time. Yeah. Like he didn't give a fuck. But you know, uh, you know, I mean, more props to him for landing some of these girls. But I mean, I you got to say. So, which uh, we'll end uh, today's segment with a little segment we like to call "Can't Take My Eyes Off of You." And uh, we will see what. Yes. Y'all just be good to me. 